Under the Influence podcast. I'm your host, Whitney Eckes, a serial entrepreneur and social media guru that has an infatuation with all things business related. On the show, we bring together brands, creators, and thought leaders to discuss the power of influence. Each episode is jam-packed with learnings, firsthand stories, and conversations from guests that truly have their finger on the pulse. Stay tuned as we dive into the stories and explore the impact they're making by getting under the influence. friends. Welcome back to the show. I am so excited to introduce today's guest. In fact, I find her story very interesting because she is someone that sold her business, her first business, and then went on to pursue social media full-time. From there, she actually turned her full-time gig into her now main business, which is called Your Social Mate. So I want to introduce Ms. Kristen Busquette. She is a Charlotte-based entrepreneur, content creator, and influencer mentor. And at the age of 25, she sold a business for about $100,000 to pursue social media full-time. Since then, she has brought in over $400,000 from coaching and brand partnerships. She aims to help teach entrepreneurial creators to turn their online influence and creativity into a profitable, self-sustaining business while keeping the soul in social. So without further ado, let's welcome Kristen to the show. Welcome back to the show, you guys. I am so excited to have our next guest on, Kristen Busquette. You have created this awesome, awesome social media content creator brand, but you've also have this really epic entrepreneurial story. You've sold a business, you've launched this secondary business, you're a full-time content creator that basically helps all these different creators know the ins and outs of how to be profitable. And I'm just so excited to get into your story today. So welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's been a wild last five to 10 years. Amazing. Okay. Well, you know what? Let's get into the very beginning because the one thing that really kind of set you apart from other people that have started businesses and really created personal brands around, you know, the creator economy and helping creators to really understand how they could be more profitable is the fact that you've already sold one business before. So let's start there. What were you doing before all this? And how did that lead to you basically building up and selling your first business? Yeah, when I was about, geez, I was in my early 20s. I had graduated college and I was into photography. So I moved back home and kind of accidentally started a photography business. I would just take photos of my friends. And before I knew it, their friends were asking me to take their photos and their friends were asking me to take their photos. And so it kind of just spiraled. And eventually I was like, okay, I guess I'm a photographer now. And on the side, because this was a business that I was building that I didn't, again, really realize I was going to be building, I was also working at Sephora. So I was doing makeup and then I was also doing photography. So one of my coworkers at Sephora and I, we had like one snowy day and we were so sick of working retail. And we said, you know, we should start a business. And We ended up creating a business where we did hair, makeup, and photography. So we would work with a lot of high school seniors or families or brides for their wedding where we would do their hair and makeup and then take the photos. And it started off really small with us just kind of doing it out of people's houses or studios and things like that where they were getting ready for events. And eventually we did end up 
getting our own studio that also had a boutique in the front of it. We had a photography studio upstairs. And then we also had a full service salon and spa. So it kind of, (laughs) it all happened within like five years. We were just every year, things were getting crazier and crazier. And so we just kept expanding and expanding. Eventually, I got to the point where I wasn't really happy anymore with the job that I was doing. I didn't really love, honestly, managing a team of like 20 people because I didn't really feel like I was in the same position that I was when I started. You know, it was very creative and very fun. And then all of a sudden, I was kind of more of a babysitter and a mediator between people. It was not really fun anymore. So I obviously learned a lot through owning that business. But I did decide at some point that I wanted to exit the business. And I think I was 24, 25 at that point. So I had obviously no clue what I was doing. But definitely the best decision that I could have possibly ever made. That's incredible. And can I just ask you, how old are you right now? 29. Okay. So I mean, that's a, a, years a, ago. That's a pretty <laughs> young age to exit your first business. And not only that, but to actually walk through the selling part of it. And I want to spend some time here before we get into social mate into what you're doing now. So when you decided as an entrepreneur, you know, this isn't right for me. What made you make that jump that kind of that have that courage of now I'm going to jump ship, I'm going to sell because a lot of entrepreneurs, and especially those that are listening that have, you know, their first business, it's really hard for them to wrap their brain around, well, this is something that I'm actually going to build up to sell or one day I'm going to exit. So what did that look like for you? I know you said you were kind of feeling that burnout, but what what was that decision making factor? I think the thing that really made me take the leap was just kind of seeing like how much being there and the anxiety of being there was really like affecting my home life. I was just like never happy. Like when I I would get home to hang out with my my boyfriend at the time, I didn't really like want to go out and do things. And I felt like it was kind of like pouring over into my personal life. And I just kind of said to myself, like, this is not sustainable. I honestly never thought I could sell the business because I I was like, I don't know this. Is this business even legit? You know, like it doesn't feel like it when you're so young and you're just kind of like having fun with it and trying to figure out things as you go. Like it doesn't feel like something that I could sell. But I thankfully have my cousin who she's kind of like who I look up to. And she's been someone who's guided me through so many of my business decisions. She's like me, but in like... (laughs) maybe five to 10 years ahead of me, right? So she's made a lot of the same mistakes that I am trying to avoid, basically. She had sat down with me and we had looked at all of the numbers for the business and kind of said, you know, what do we have in the bank? What is this business valued at? What are we probably going to be making in the next few years? What are the assets that we actually have um, that we own together? And we basically just kind of came up with this number. And honestly, I don't think there's really like a perfect science to this. It was just like what I what I felt was appropriate. And what I kind of projected that income was going to look like. Obviously, I could have lost out there, we could be, you know, making so much more money than I asked for. So it was a kind of a, a guessing game, I guess. But We had sat down, looked at all of those numbers, and I kind of just presented that to my business partner. And I, it was a hard conversation, obviously, but she had known that I was really unhappy. We had had many conversations previous to this where I told her how I felt about being there. And I think one of the biggest lessons I learned out of 
that whole business was just partnerships in general are not for me. I'm very much like a type A control freak. And I was always frustrated that she wasn't pulling her weight and that I would end up picking up slack. And so I never felt like our business was really 50-50. So after having plenty of conversations explaining that to her, I finally just said, like, I can't keep having this conversation. I don't think our partnership is working out. But I also, because of that, and also because of managing all of these people and this whole business by myself, or so it felt, I, I this is just not for me anymore. So yeah. I had yeah. kind of like presented her with those numbers. And I said, you know, I don't know how you feel about this, but if you want to keep this business, I'm happy to have you, you know, buy out my share of the business. You can pay me over X amount of years. Or if you don't want to do that, then we can just close the business and dissolve everything and split it. And so I do feel bad certain times because I'm like, I kind of put her in a tough situation. But also I, I really feel like I built a business almost by myself and kind of like handed it to her on a silver platter. So she did end up choosing the option where she still runs the business. And she did, I guess, until next year, she's paying me out kind of like a a monthly lump sum to pay out that portion of the business that she bought that I used to own. So definitely a really crazy experience. But again, just I'm so happy that I did it. I feel like so much a weight has been lifted off my shoulder in the last few years. That's for sure. Which is the perfect transition into talking about social mate. I feel like first and foremost, thank you so much for sharing that story. I think that's really great value for those that are looking at their first business. And honestly, partnerships are hard. I feel like over the course of businesses that I've both started and then also invested in, it's been such an eye-opening experience to realize that the people that you're surrounding yourself with on the day-to-day matter so much because they are, you are the lifeblood of the business. So if that partnership isn't working, if there's not a match or an alignment on the vision of the company, it could really affect the trajectory or where you're wanting to take the business. So let's let's move from this point. So you sell your shares, you get out of this business, you have a blank slate. Do you have yeah. a plan? Are you like, I'm going to have a reading? Or like, was there a discovery process? Like, what did that look like? Yeah. So this was in 2019 that I sold the business. And probably for a solid year previous to this, I had been like dabbling with content creation. I had had an Instagram for a very long time, but I wasn't really doing anything intentional with it. Until 2018, I started, you know, like having my friends take my photos, my outfits, and I would share a lot of fashion and share some like photography and business because that was such a huge part of my life that I had that kind of always brewing in the background, but it wasn't necessarily making me any relevant amount of money that I could quit my job. But given that I was getting this monthly payout for selling my business, I felt like I had this safety net where I was like, if I'm ever going to have an opportunity to try this content creation thing and try and be an influencer, like this is the time that I can have that cushioning to kind of play around. So I did actually start off by taking some social media management clients just so that it would be a little bit more consistent income just in case I wasn't getting partnerships. And again, this is when I was just starting to get paid. So it was not nearly (laughs) as consistent as it's been in the last few years. But I eventually started to make more money with content creation. And throughout that whole 2019 to 2020, like beginning of 2020, I realized that I was getting a lot of questions from people about 
making money in general online, you know, starting a business or working with brands, people asking, you know, how do you know what to charge? Or how'd you get that brand to work with you? And I was spending so much time in the DMs answering these questions that eventually I was like, maybe I'm onto something here. Like, why are people coming to me for these questions? Like, I must be doing something right. And because I was answering all the same questions, I kind of got a good understanding of what people were looking for. So that's when I was able to start Social Me and really start to answer those questions in a more, I guess, like formal capacity where I could be compensated for it instead of just like spending hours in the DMs, answering the same questions over and over again and not getting compensated for any of that. I mean, that is just such a beautiful journey from where you came from to where you are now. Get Super is an instant wellness beverage brand created by moi. So good, you won't believe it's instant. It's for those seeking convenient energy sans the jitters. That's right. We put good old-fashioned broad-spectrum hemp CBD into our organic Arabica instant coffee. It's probably Arabica, but I call it Arabica because it sounds more fun. Get Super and our hemp extract contains all the naturally occurring cannabinoids and turpentines. We include about 20 milligrams of hemp per each stick pack to give you all the fun, calm energy, plus that true entourage effect. All the benefits without getting quote unquote high, as all of our products are non-psychoactive. Get Super has been featured in Forbes US Today and was named top startup to watch in 2021 by Yahoo Finance. Also, you guys, Get Super has helped me with my anxiety. It helps me sleep better at night. I've mentioned to you guys my whole mental health journey. And honestly, this company was a just passion and project of love because of what I've gone through and what I've walked through with my own depression and anxiety. I hope that it will help you the same exact way it has helped me. So go ahead and get your 15% off by using the code under the influence 15 at checkout. That's right. Under the influence 15 at checkout. So let's kind of dive into social mate because you have quite a few offerings, right? Like it's not just kind of showing up and answering questions on your social media. You actually teach creators how to be profitable, how to scale themselves. So can you maybe walk us through some of your service offerings? Yeah, this is definitely something that has evolved quite a bit. Again, with all of the trial and error, I feel like that's actually like a huge... (laughs) part of being an entrepreneur is like, you have to get so comfortable with the trial and error, like so many things you're going to try and hate, and they're not going to work. And you have to like, just find ways to pivot and find things that you do like. So when I first started, I was just doing one on one calls. So I would get on, you know, a 30 or 60 minute call. And I still do those today. But what I found on those calls was I was again, answering a lot of the same questions over and over again. And eventually I said, wouldn't it be easier if this was just in a course, you know, like people could get all of their answers and they could go walk through it self-guided as they need answers to certain things. They can find them in this course. So we eventually created a course, but I always have valued the one-on-one aspect and kind of giving people the opportunity to be able to actually ask questions. Cause I know for me personally, that's like a huge part of how I learn. Like I can watch a video, but I like to have the option to ask people a question if I like go to do it and something doesn't work out the way I would expect from the course. So my first course, Impact to Income, was essentially 
a course where it was self-guided, but then we also had four 60-minute one-on-one calls where each month for four months, they're able to get on a call and say, hey, okay, I watched the last module. I tried all this. This is what worked. This is what did it. And we kind of talked through those issues. And that's actually a course that I still have today, but three years later. And it's still one of my favorite places to hang out with my creators because I do feel like I'm able to offer like such a one-on-one personalized experience. Then we also, I guess kind of how I shifted into my next offering, I was spending so much time on -on one-on-one calls still at that point that I was like, okay, I have to find a way that's a little bit more sustainable for me to be able to talk to so many people, but not be on the phone all day and not be able to like hit my to-do list at all. And the other option too was like, I wanted something that was more affordable. I'm impact to income is a thousand dollars. And I didn't want people to be not able to, you know, get into any of these offerings because they can't afford them. I still want the information to be accessible. So with that in mind, we actually created last July, our membership program. And this is my favorite part of my business. It's a membership program where it's a very low ticket entrance. You pay monthly, you can stay in as long as you want. And essentially, it just offers one-on-one messaging access to me, but also messaging access to all the other creators who are in the membership. So there's kind of like community forums. And we also do monthly group calls and co-working. So there are a lot of opportunities to actually meet other creators. And then I also have kind of this resource database where every month I add new templates or, you know, spreadsheets or resources and ebooks in there for people to kind of like get information similar to what they might get in a course, but I guess that not as deep as you would go into a course. I love that you're kind of offering these different kind of tier systems, yeah. right? Of, of what you're needing. First off, Social Mate too, you guys, when you go to the website, when you go to Kristen's, you know, social media, it's so branded and it it feels so, (laughs) which is, you know, a lot of personal brands, I feel like that's one of the hardest things, right? Is to come up with that branding. Like, unless you're kind of more the fashion lifestyle blogger, that, that aesthetic, yours really has so much value, such good branding that it's like a really good presence. Like when you arrive there, like it really feels like there's, just so much information. When you talk to your ideal consumer, or when you, I'm saying ideal consumer because obviously my marketing background, when you talk to your mm-hmm. ideal creator, who are they? You know, is it anyone? Is it someone that's just starting out? Is it someone that's, you know, has a little bit more of a bigger following? Like, what is the range of people that you yeah. help? Honestly, it's a pretty wide range. I think the thing that's interesting about the creator economy in general is like a lot of creators, even if they've been doing this for a while, don't fully know exactly what they're doing with every situation. And so it really is nice if you're someone who's a beginner, obviously, you have a lot to learn, you have a lot of questions. But even people who have been doing this for a few years, they might get presented with something in a contract that they've never seen before. And again, a lot of the times, there's not really a place where you can go and get like a a straight answer to what these things mean, um, or how to negotiate them or like what's reasonable to ask for this partnership. So a lot of what I do is kind of helping these creators at whatever level they're at understand the different situations that they might find themselves in, which honestly, I feel like every single day there's like something new in a contract or like this new term that people are like, wait, Kristen, what does this mean? So I'm always on on top of hearing what's very new, I guess, or like what 
I see in so many of the creators that I work with, I see in their contracts, new terms and things like that. So I'm able to help more people because I see so much of it as it's happening. Which is so awesome. And honestly, there was one thing that I wanted to ask you about that I found in my own research of you that I've never even heard of. So there's this thing called Instagram insurance, which honestly, even like I was looking into and I'm not even that dedicated to my own you know, to my own social media platforms, but it basically ensures you so that if anything does happen to your account, it, it it will pay you back. Is that, is that, is that my understanding? Anyway, I wanted to ask you, what the (laughs) hell is this and what is it used for? Yeah. So the company you're talking about is called Notch. I actually started partnering with Notch as a content creator. So I did a lot of content creation for them. And then eventually, once it was available in North Carolina, I was able to get into Notch. So basically, the way that it works, it is insurance for specifically your Instagram. So say that you go onto your Instagram one day, and your page was hacked. And you know, they're you can't get access in there. You can't, your passwords change, you know, like you have lost all access to your Instagram. I think for a lot of creators, that's a huge deal, especially because we, that's a huge place that we make our money. So it's nice because what Notch does, you would contact them immediately and say, Hey, I'm locked out of my account. Someone's hacked it. I don't know what's going on. They actually work in the back end to get your account back. They have a lot of different techniques that they can use to actually get your account back. So they take care of all of that for you, which is actually something similar to kind of like what Meta Verified is, where they are going to help you recover your account. But the cool thing about Notch that's different is they do actually give you like a daily stipend as well. So when you're signing up for the insurance, you can say, depending on how much you want to pay per year for your insurance plan, you can say, I want to get paid $100 a day that every day that I'm locked out of my Instagram. So if you're locked out of your Instagram for, you know, two weeks, 14 days, that's $1,400 that you're going to have in your pocket because of your insurance plan with Notch. But if you're missing out on money because you can't get in, that's obviously very helpful. You know, we're like a lot of creators who make a lot of their money sharing affiliate links and things like that. Like if you can't share those for two weeks, that might be a huge portion of your income that you're not receiving. So having this kind of stipend is definitely very helpful. So thankfully, I haven't had to use this, knock on wood. But I actually have had plenty of friends who have been in this situation. And the ones with Notch were able to recover their account really nicely. And again, get compensated for that time that they were offline. Wow, that is, I mean, that's pretty impressive. I, if for all of you guys go look at Notch, I mean, I think that's one of the biggest conversations happening right now, at least from mm-hmm. my my perspective is what happens if Instagram ever does go away? Or what happens if yeah. you know, you're not extending yourself to these other platforms or your account gets hacked or anything like that, which actually leads me to my next question. So for someone that is really helping creators to grow, you know, on specific platforms, what is the best way for them to really expand their content? Is it just picking one platform and putting all of your eggs in one basket? Or is it diversifying yourself? What do you see? What is your kind of, what is your advice on that? 
I think that diversifying your brand into other platforms rather than just sticking with one platform is always going to be a great option, obviously, because you're reaching new audiences, but you have to do it in a way that's sustainable. For me personally, I tried YouTube and it burnt me out. I was like, I don't have the capacity for this. So, you know, as much as I'd love to be on YouTube, I know it's a great opportunity. I just don't really put a lot of time in there. So I try to find what platforms for me are the easiest to keep up with that I can actually stay consistent with. So for me, that's Instagram and TikTok. And I do think it's very important to be on those multiple platforms. For example, Instagram for me is a place where I have an audience that's been with me for a long time, and they're very loyal to me. But I don't typically get a ton of discovery from Instagram because it's kind of difficult to be discovered unless you're constantly posting reels that are reaching new people. So I love Instagram because I'm able to connect with my really loyal people. And and when I do have something to sell, I'm confident that I can convert people into, you know, customers from Instagram. But on TikTok, it's I look at it in kind of like a totally different way, you know, TikTok is so great at showing your content to people who have never ever seen you before. So there's just such a huge option to to be discovered there. And so actually, when I have new offers that I launch, I do a lot of TikTok lives. And I those get on to people's FYP. Um, and actually, that's typically where probably more than 50% of the members in my membership probably came from TikTok lives, um, and just even TikTok in general. So for me, that's a very powerful tool for just consistently ensuring that I'm reaching new people. But I always still do prioritize Instagram because I know I have that loyal community there already. That is such a great piece of advice. And it's so funny because you know I've, I've dabbled when I say dabbled, I've done one TikTok live. And I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I really don't. <laughs> but going back to the discovery tidbit, I think that's so spot on. I feel like Instagram, which is really interesting because I feel like, again, the narrative of Instagram is, well, it's it's really hard to grow that following if you already didn't grow it in the beginning, which yeah. makes sense on the discovery. Whereas now we're seeing TikTok come to the market and all these people are growing all these crazy followings and it's just kind of churning. And so I think that's really, really interesting. I think that's really spot on. And again, another great piece of advice from you. Where do you see social media going? Like, where do you see all of this? Because I mean, back in like 2015, we thought maybe it was going to be this giant bubble that popped. And now we're seeing things like an entire economy, the creator economy actually come from it. So what, what do you see for the future? I definitely don't see it completely going away, but I I know it's going to be pivoting. I know even just for myself and like creators that I kind of like came up with, I guess, I know that we don't feel the same way about like creating content and engaging and like all of those things. Like when I'm on Instagram now, I barely even scroll through my feed. Like I look at stories, I post, I answer my comments, but that's like most of the time that I'm spending on Instagram, I'm definitely feeling like I'm more of, I guess, like an observer, or, or like, I like to spend less time like using it as a business tool and more time actually just like consuming for fun. Um, and I think a lot of the creators who have been doing this for a while are starting to feel the same way. Like, we don't want to like go through and like comment on people's stuff so that they can just comment back. And that's how we get engagement. Like, 
I think we're over a lot of those like rules. And we almost just want to use social media now in a way that like feels very organic and authentic and relatable. Like we don't, we're just kind of like over all the like strict rules and the, Mm -hmm. the perfection, I guess, you know? I could not agree more. It absolutely, yeah. like my biggest, my biggest just beef with Instagram and Facebook and Meta is this kind of monopoly of control over what access and how much priority of access that we have is as users, whether or not we are verified, whether or not we have a big following, whether or not we just have legitimate, a simple question. I mean, I think the complexity of the platforms, again, I have, I, I can only assume of how complex it really is to run a social media platform. But I think that there's such a lack of intention to really support the yeah. users. And I think, again, I know that TikTok has been so controversial over these last couple of years, but I've become such a fan of TikTok by the way that they actually prioritize the creator. And I completely agree with that on all aspects because I think, again, we're so fatigued to Meta that it's like there's yep. such a natural progression for new platforms because it's like, well, we've already done this and we're not being heard, we're not being seen, we're not being supported. Now let's go move on to this because clearly they're welcoming us and they're actually giving the support right. and to, the, to the community. I have this kind of like messed up analogy that I use. <laughs> so trigger warning. Um, it almost reminds me of like an abusive relationship in yes. some ways. You know, it's like we we love them so much. We love you, Instagram. And we're really trying to make it work. But like you're making this so hard. Every time we try something, it's like, you know, you're you're not here for us. You're not working for us. And then so we're going to go over to to the person that's treating us right over here at TikTok. And I, I do feel like TikTok does a really great job of really listening to creators. And I think Instagram tries, but there's some disconnect somewhere along the line where it just isn't getting executed in a way that makes sense. Even with like their creator, I don't know exactly what they call it. They have some sort of like a creator marketplace for Instagram. And I mean, that's been out for months and months and months now. They hardly even told anyone about it, first of all. But I, don't, I haven't heard of one person who's gotten a partnership from that. And I think about something like, you know, TikTok's creator marketplace. And I know plenty of people who have worked with brands through that. And again, like I've had so much success and they really put so much work into it. There's some disconnect with Instagram somewhere along the way. Yeah. I mean, it's also so funny. I feel like, you know, as we look back on just the history of social media, right? It's like, could they have planned for this? Could they have planned to be something yeah. that was so instrumental into our day-to-day -day lives that then also became a revenue maker for, or an income maker, you know, for, for people? Yeah. Could they have predict, predicted that? Probably not. As the first social media platforms, I feel like that they should not just kind of sit back on their haunches and let everything kind of come to them. But then again, it's like, I mean, whatever, that's a problematic conversation in and of itself. <laughs> but I completely agree with you. Kristen, this has been such an enlightening conversation and you are just so bright and honestly, so entrepreneurial. It's really incredible to see how you have really taken something that is working for yourself and actually allocated it out to people to help them to understand better how they can also work for themselves and also make money. So I want to end this, this conversation on a question I always ask everyone on the show. And that is what does influence mean to you? 
I think influence really means just trying to show people the way that you live so that they can understand like maybe some things that they're doing are okay and are relatable and are not just them and and really show people that they're not alone. I think that's like a huge part of influence. Mm, So well said. So beautiful. Kristen, thank you so much for coming on the show. Where can everyone find you? How can they work with you? How can they just consume all your amazing value? Drop all the links. My handle pretty much everywhere is K-B-O-U-S-Q. You can find us mostly on Instagram and TikTok. That would be the best place to reach out. Also, I'll I'll give you a, a discount code. I'll send it over to you after for the membership. So if you guys want to join in and experience it and see how you like it, come hang out with us there. It's honestly my favorite place to be. I spend a lot of time there. <laughs> Amazing. And you guys, so exciting. We're so excited. Thank you so much for the discount code. We'll link that in the show notes. And Kristen, thanks for going under the influence with us, babe. What a, what an awesome conversation. Absolutely. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. 